All right. Good job, Camille. And as you can tell, I am not Pastor Nathan. Right? The much better speaker than what I am. But I got something for you this morning. Good morning, Thrive. Hey, is he not worthy of it all? Worthy of it all, yes. Okay. The Freedom Conference was amazing. So much healing and deliverance happened this past week. But you know what? It's going to continue to happen. In the name of Jesus, it's going to continue to happen. And I'm so looking forward to the word that Pastor Coleman's going to bring to us this morning. Straight from the throne room of God. You know, he is one who always delivers a passionate message. Okay, I want to share something with you guys this morning now. So just let me have your attention just for a few minutes. <clears throat> I had a vision and a dream. I had a vision about two weeks ago, and then I had a dream a week later. And the vision is this. Now, I, a vision, I was awake. I was actually laying in my bed, and I closed my eyes. And I seen, I seen something, then I opened my eyes and checked. And so I closed my eyes again, and this is the vision. I was standing outside a, a building, on the corner of a building, looking down the building. <clears throat> and as I was looking down the building, a dragon comes out from around the corner of the building. And I see the dragon, and the dragon sees me. And I know who the dragon is, so I speak to the dragon. And I say, not here and not today. And then that's that vision. And then the dream, a week later, I'll tell the whole thing. Uh, a week later, I have a dream. And I dream that I, I'm outside a building. And I see two guys running into the building. And they're grabbing stuff. And they're taking it back out and putting it on a bus. And there's a uh, a streetcar-style bus, and they're, they're running back out there, and they're putting this stuff on the bus. And uh, I realized what they're doing. They're stealing. They're thieves. And, but I'm concerned about what's inside the building. Not so much what's inside the building, but who is inside the building. I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's my, if it's my family, if it's some friends I have, but you just, it's my church family. Okay, and so at that, and so that's the end of that end of the dream. But at that, you know, that dream, they're running in and out, and they're getting stuff. And I draw the attention of the one, and then I get the attention of the other, and we're outside, and we have a standoff, and we all have weapons. And then I, I woke up. My wife wakes me up, at three o'clock in the morning, and says, "Hey, Joey, the back door is open." So. Just to finish that, I slept, I slept on the couch the rest of that night with a shotgun and a pistol. <laughs> so, okay, so that's the vision and the dream. So on Wednesday night, I'm sitting the third row back, right there, sitting right there. The end of the service, during the Freedom Conference, <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me. And gives me the interpretation of the of the vision and the dream. Okay, and they are the same. They're the same thing. The dragon is Satan. 
And the two men are thieves, which represent the satanic. Now, Jesus talking, John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the second half of this verse is more important than the first half. It says, but I have come that they may have life and have they may have it more abundantly. Amen. Then the Holy Spirit speaks to me and, and tells me, right there, and he tells me, he says, you must warn them. He says, you've got to warn them. He said, tell them, I, God, have given them treasure in exchange for their junk that's in their lives. And that when you leave, when they leave here and they're going outside, that Satan is there and he's going to try to steal your treasure and he's going to try to give you some junk. But be warned. Resist the old dragon and he'll flee. Not here. Not today. Not here and not today. Not here and not today. And be prepared and be on guard. Be ready when the thief comes. Be sure to take up the armor that I have supplied and be ready for battle. 1 John 4 and 4 says, You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who that is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And then John 8 and 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, Lord, we're so just in awe of you the one who's created everything, the holy one, holy, holy, holy. And God, Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. And God, Lord, we just ask this morning, God, Lord, that you would overshadow your people, that the shadow of the Almighty, you just overshadow them, God, Lord, that you would protect them, God, Lord, that you would keep them, and God, Lord, that you would prepare them, God. Lord, encourage them, uplift them, and God, strengthen them. God, and we, and we just thank you, and we worship you, and we praise you in the name that is above every name, the name that where there is healing, the name in which there is deliverance, the name in which there is salvation the name in which there is strength, we proclaim it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, Pastor Coleman. Come on and bless the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm used to a loud church. I'm going to say it again. Come on and bless the name of the Lord. Amen. God is so faithful. Is there any overcomers in the house? I'm going to ask you one more time. Is there any overcomers in the house? 
Is the Lord coming back for anybody in this place? Amen. Let, let's open with prayer. God, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. You're so faithful in all of your ways, Lord. Mm. God, you're just perfect. There's nothing you cannot do. But God, I pray you loose my tongue that we may hear from heaven. But God, whatever you do, you get glory in this place. Move through these pews, God. Any need healing, heal them now. We bind the hand of the enemy and we loose your precious Holy Ghost in here that the Holy Spirit has this way. So, God, we thank you. And, God, again, we're just so careful to give you all the praise. And we pray these prayers in your sweet son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's good to be back. Amen. Here we had a blessed time this morning. Amen. Good to see some faces, some I hadn't seen in a while. But I tell you what, I believe, again, we're in the greatest time for the church. I believe we are. Tell you what, when difficulties come, that's when I believe God's grace, it rises higher than anything that we've ever seen. And I got news for you. God have a plan. God have a plan for his church. Amen. But, but we're going to talk about a few things. I'm not going to be long. I, I, I try to be strong. But, uh, but we're going to hear from the Lord. If you, if you go to the book of Luke, chapter 10, and uh, it's a good story. I think most of you have heard it. I pray that I can deal with it enough that it may be a blessing unto you. Uh, the Bible says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Jesus, Master, what shall I do? to inherit eternal life. And he said unto him, What is it written in the law? Moses' law. He said, How readest thou? And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou have answered right. This do and shall live. But he willing to justify, he was a scribe, he was like a Pharisee, and he wanted to justify himself for not doing the things that he should do. And he said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at a place, came and looked upon him, and passed by also on the other side. But there was a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound him up in his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, set him on his own beast, and brought him to an end and took care of him. And on tomorrow when he departed, he said, took out two pence 
and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest, when I come again, I will pay thee. Which one of these that you think was your neighbor? Unto him that fell among the thieves. And he said, He that showed mercy. And Jesus said, Go and do thou also. We're going to talk a little while on the passion, on the power of compassion, and also the power of relationship. Jesus is dealing not only with this Pharisee, but he's dealing with the church. He's dealing with them because, the truth be told, many of us, even him, had slipped away from the principles of grace. And I love this story because God has always been the same, even in the Old Testament. You know, we have the first covenant, then we have the new covenant. But God always had a plan for his people, and that was that we love one another. You know, when he put us here in the earth, he put us here to work together, to be here for one another. His heart was that earth would be like heaven. Can you imagine what heaven's like? Oh, a place called heaven. Oh, everybody is loving one another. Everybody is tending to God's business. No, no, no quarrels or battle, but being there. But we are innately, I'm going to say something, may offend some of us, I pray it don't, but we are innately rotten. It's just in us, amen. I told the last group, whether we believe it or not, we are glory seekers. Oh, yeah. We all enjoy a good pat on the back. And, oh, you, you better walk this thing. And, and 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 believe it or not, that is the very downfall of man. You know, all through the God, this very scripture that ties to it. You ever heard the story of Jonah? Might have heard it. You know, we all learned it in Sunday school. Big whale, y'all remember? Or the big fish? And, and and you know, and the truth be told, you ask yourself, why didn't the man want to go to Nineveh? Bible said that he paid to go against God. He paid money to get on a ship to go against God. Why? Well, many of us don't know why, but you know the biggest reason? He hated Nineveh. He hated the people. It was known, said that they was connected to the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans in those days were some of the most gruesome men ever fought. They they took the women, they raped the men. And I'm sure that Jonah, even in his life, that they, they grew him up despising a group of people. And all God wanted to do, if you remember the story, God just wanted him to go and preach the gospel. Because God loved, God loved us. He loved people. But the Bible says that Jonah ran. He did what he do best. Why? Because we, we're, our hearts are sick, and all of us need help. All of us need help. And the truth be told, that Jesus gives the two commandments. He gives them purposely. He 
gives them to let us know that all of the law, all of the commandments set on two, love God and love each other. Oh, that's it. I told the last group, that first lady here, I'm going to call her first lady. That first lady there, if she's God today, and this is another gentleman, all God asked all of us is when I love him, I'm loving God. And when I love God, I'm loving him. They both intertwine. It's just impossible to say you love God and you hurt, hate the person you love. It's really simplistic, but it's one of the hardest things in the world for us to do. And it's hard because all of us are innately not only riding, but selfish. We all want our way. We all want to win the next argument. There is not a woman, I better say man now, they are man, that do not want to win an argument. Is there anybody here you start at home and you say, I'm going to lose? But everybody wants to win. And, and we men who know better, sometimes we just throw the white flag in and go ahead and move on. But we're, we're just messed up. Well, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about a, I changed a little bit, a Jewish and half German boy. He was in a community that no one cared for his kind. They hated him. They hated him for something that he couldn't even change. But they hated him because he wasn't like them. And the Bible teaches that this particular boy grew up where when people saw him, they, they pushed him to the side. It happened every day. You know, one thing about the world in the end is that whichever don't look like, look like somebody or look like each other, we label them. Oh, we do. But even in these days, this Jewish and German boy grew up, him and his siblings, and as he grew, he realized that he was hated, but not for no reason. And he would, as he would walk down streets and the, the priests in the high temple, as they're walking down the streets and meet him, he would have to get off the sidewalk. Or they would pick rocks up and throw it. Oh, they hated him, hated him. They hated because he existed. He went to separate schools because they despised him. But on one day, the Bible teaches that the priests, they go to the temple in Jerusalem every other day, but they lived in Jericho. So they would have to travel this road. They didn't have a Corvette like me, but most of them would have to walk. And as they walked, these priests with high raiment looking mighty good and fine. But this path that they traveled in those days was called a bloody way because of the thieves and crooks, the pirates that stayed in hiding waiting on them. And each day you never knew if you was going to make it. But on this one day, the priest is traveling looking wonderful. And as he's traveling this day, 
the thieves grabbed him and beat him within an inch of his life, stripped him of his raiment, leaves him whipped and naked. It wasn't long that the very other priests who worshiped with him, they, they're heading to the temple. And the priest is there marching down this road. They look, he sees the very one he worships with, and he keeps right on going. Y'all still in the house? I'm talking to the church now. And the second man, as he shows up, the Levite, he deals with the table, cleans the blood all off of the, up the front here. That's a whole nother story. Why so much blood? People come and they get their sins washed away. Bringing a dove and a, and a goat and whatever. And finally, the Lord said, I'm done with that. Blood for blood. Lord have mercy. Blood for blood. But the other priest, as he, as he walks up the Levite, he looks, he comes over where the priest is. He says, oh, Lord, you had a bad day. He keeps on going. But a little later in the evening, the very one that the Pharisees and the community hated, the old Jewish German, he's, he's a young man now. And as he's walking up the street, he looks in a ditch. And lo and behold, guess who he sees? The very one that threw rocks at him just the other evening. The Bible said that didn't stop him. But he put everything to the side because he saw someone needed help. And the person that he helped didn't look like him. He picked up this man. He patched his wounds and gave him drink. Put him up on the horse and takes him to an end. And when he takes him there, he takes him there in a way to let the, 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 the hotel halfway think they family. And he's, he, he's doing all these things to help this man. And then he leaves a deposit in money. He said, I'll be back. I tell you that story because believe it or not, this world is tore apart, and God's coming back. And the question is, why is the world so torn up? It's because the church, we hadn't done what we were supposed to do. See, the Bible says, we are the salt of the earth. And I grew up, I know many of y'all are too young, some of the older ones may remember. Big mama would take, cut a hand. And she'd take that ham to a smokehouse. Do anybody other that's under 40 even know what a smokehouse is? But took a smokehouse, and they had a pile of salt up to the roof. And Big Mama take that ham and stick that thing in that salt, cover it up. It stayed there all summer long till it got cold. In the wintertime, Mama go out there, Big Mama grab that ham. I know some of y'all don't know nothing about this. And cut that stuff, big old thick pieces, and have them buttermilk biscuits and, and them big thick fluffy eggs. Lord, you talking about good eating. There's no ham tastes like that ham. 
but but I bring that the law say we are we are the salt why salt preserves oh good God Almighty it, it don't stop the rottenness but it slows the rottenness down are y'all still here see y'all will the church we can't stop what's happening but we can slow it down if we be the church. Because the Bible says if you lose your savor, in Jerusalem they take the salt when it's lost its savor and they put it on the muddy road and it becomes a sidewalk. That all men and women will walk on it. How many know, the truth be told, they've been walking on the church because we wouldn't stand up and be the church. What do, we, what do you mean, preacher? The Bible says all men will know us by our love for one another. See, see, without love, we're nothing. Where love is, sin can't exist. Oh, no, oh, no, sin can't exist. Where love is, yeah, where lust is, sin will exist. But where love is, no, because, see, that's why uh, Galatians 5 and uh, 13, let, oh, she already got it. They tough back there. You're indeed called to be free, brothers and sisters. Don't turn this freedom into an excuse for your corrupt nature to express itself. Rather serve each other through love. All of Moses' teaching, tell somebody we're going to go a little deeper. All of Moses' teaching are summarized in a single statement. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. That's have always been God's heart. And all, you know what? And, 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 the, and the terrible thing about it, any of us, we look at that and say, oh, that's an easy thing. I can do that. Hardest thing to do in your life, neighbor in the Greek means near, is to love the people near you. I gave an example last time. I have kinfolk in California. Before they, uh, and all year long, my mom and daddy, they be on the phone for hours laughing and just carrying on until they got there that summer. And then when they showed up, all the laughing and giggling stopped. They drank all the milk up, ate everything up in the refrigerator. I told the last group they had a big barbecue. Everybody like, where did they get the meat? Found out two or three weeks later, a neighbor lost a calf. My mom and dad like, they got to go. A week or two, they was gone. They back on the phone laughing and carrying on. See, something Jesus could have said, love the stranger. See, we can love a stranger. I can love somebody in New York who's offended me. You could too. I don't have to see them. But can you love somebody that's near to you, you roll over in the bed and there they are? Or they sit by you every Sunday? Now, all of a sudden, the scripture that Jesus has put up here now has become stringent to my flesh. Why? I want to win my arguments. And, and listen, y'all, and God is saying, no, you need to lower yourself. We are innately messed up because nobody want to lose. Nothing. The truth be told, we're all glory seekers. Let's go ahead and just, let's get understanding. You may not meet, be as big a glory seeker as the person by you, but it's in you. 
And how do God deal with it? Listen, it is impossible to deal with it without the Holy Spirit. The reason the world is where it's at is because the church didn't do what they were supposed to do. I asked every one of you, and I told the last group, you know, Jesus did something strategic when he gave the two commandments to cover all of them. Why? Because before he did that, Pharisees and the Sadducees was trying to tiptoe by them scriptures. Those commandments, do not eat snails and at the bottom of the sea. You can't eat a catfish with a round tail. And they, I mean, because they're trying to prove they have a reason to be with God. Because man is innately trying to prove himself that I did something the reason God chose me. Are y'all still here? And, 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 and you know, and, and it's dangerous. It, it, it's terrible. So God realistically saw man trying to tiptoe. And finally God said, listen, y'all hadn't got it. And why do men do that? They do it. I told the last group, and it's true. If you quit smoking on Tuesday, You'll talk about people that's still smoking on Friday. You hadn't been delivered for three days. That's just how we are. See, I may not do your singing, but it's not worse as mine. So, so Jesus said, I'm going to fix it where you can never do it. I'm going to put them all in two. What's those? Love God and love each other. I asked the last group, and I asked you. If the love of God is really in you, how many passed this morning? Passed sinners up coming here. I'm trying to get to church, man. They go, that praise team off the chain. How many did you pass? I teach the book of Revelation in 26 cities in 2021. From Oklahoma, three states, Louisiana. Oklahoma, Texas. And in the teaching, one thing I cover, one point of it, if you are, if you believe the church is going to be raptured out, I believe it. I believe God will not leave his, his, his bride to be bruised. I believe he's going to come and get his believers. Y'all still here? And, and, and I asked all of them, who do you think is going to be left during the tribulation? They all look. And I tell them, your family. Your family's going to be left. And they all look, what? Oh, oh, yeah. I said, you got any cousins? Let's look at this. Brian, let me tell you this. So last group, let me tell you this. It's not Pastor Nathan's job to fill this place up. You know whose job it is? Yours. How many people that's in your family, you know not in church? You know they don't know Jesus. How do you know, preacher? Just watch them. Church people, you know, believers do certain things. The Samaritan, he didn't go and help this man to be saved. He helped this man because he was saved. See, there are certain things that we do. And the question I have to dig in your heart today, because how many people that you know that don't know God, do you not know God's coming to get the church? 
and all those people will be left. And do you know what happens in the tribulation? Things that the world had never seen from the beginning even until the end of time. They'll be slaughtered like, like sheep. Screaming, taking daughters from, from families and the law won't even, oh, y'all don't know how close the earth Oh, you don't know. It's like a big snowball rolling down a hill and speeding up. And I believe the salt got to rise now. Oh, I believe you got to rise now and you got to flex your muscle. You got to stand up. No, what thus says the Lord still is the Lord. See, see, why? Because he's coming. We, we can't lose one. I told the last I tell you, listen, it's a it's a Israel tradition. Yes, it is. A Israel tradition is the son when he finds a cutie pie that he wants to marry. They'll go on about a two and a half to three year betrothal. And that's where they they can romance each other, but you can't touch it. Can't touch nothing. Can't get no sugar. Can't slap them or can't do none of that. For three years you go through this. And, 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 and their tradition is as soon as he proposed, he tells his father, he goes back to his home and he starts building. And his father says, well, start building your room for y'all on his house. Oh, boy. This, is a, this could preach all by itself. And, and as he builds his house, brother, he builds it as best she can, and all while he builds it, the bride is getting ready. I love the story because the tradition says the son don't even know when the wedding going to be. Only, the, only his daddy. Oh, boy. Can you imagine at the end of the three years, even today in Israel, those who keep the tradition, every day they're looking to father every morning. Do I get it a day? See, if you ever walk with somebody and they beautiful, beautiful and fine and attractive, good perfume, I imagine, boy, and you got to smell that and look at that every day. You got to look at this beauty every day, but you can't touch it. You just wet your lips, you know, boy, I can't wait. And he don't know what day it's going to be. So every day. He looked to his father. Is it day to day? The daddy said, not today, son. Then finally, the tradition is normally the father never tells the son to in the middle of the night. Read the scriptures closely. 1.32 in the morning. And I imagine on that day that that this, this handsome young man, he's in a deep sleep, that fourth stage. In this deep fourth stage sleep, somebody hits his shoulder. Yeah. And he looks, Father, could it be? Could it be today? Go get your bride. He runs up out of bed. He runs down the middle of the road. Lights are popping on. 
He knocks at his bride's door, and she's prepared. He grabs her and takes her back, setting up for the wedding. Did you not know that Jesus have it hot for you? Do you not know that he's got it hot for you? He wants to be with you better than you want to be with him. And one day here soon, God is going to shake Jesus on the shoulder. Jesus is going to look up and say, could it be today? And today's the day. We have to get ready for his coming. I preach this message because, listen, to show us, one woman said, every time you come to our church to preach, I know I'm in like fleeing with God. But after you leave, I feel some kind of way. Well, first thing, Spurgeon made, Charles Spurgeon, for you who love him, I do. He made a statement. He says, when I stand at the bar, of Jesus and judgment. He said, I'm going to look through the room and tell both angels on both sides of me, can I say something? They're going to say, yes, I decree this. If the key to getting in here is not banked on me putting all of my heart, soul, my heart, my mind, and Jesus and him alone, I'm doomed. I love what he said. Because what he was saying is nothing about me. The reason he chose me. He chose me because he loved me. I, uh, I don't like to go into theology, but I put on a post one of mine one day. Y'all might can catch this. I, I told him I was born a Christian. Born a Christian. Elect. When I come of age, I became a believer of Jesus Christ. See, as we sit here today, I believe there are some people on the streets just as lost, and I believe they've been chosen. And they're waiting for some believer just to show up with the love of Christ in their heart and to pull them, son, follow me. But to do that, you have to disciple. Yep. I know most of you looking. Is there anybody... Be honest. Be honest to the Holy Spirit. In your life, that you actually disciple somebody, that means you brought them to the church, stayed with them until God put the hook in them. Is there anybody, anybody done that at this church? Show me your hand. One, two, three. If you hadn't done it, I believe this. The Bible says somewhere in 2 Corinthians that all going to be judged for the things we've done in the flesh and out of the flesh. I believe. <laughs> and I believe the things on the day of judgment not going to be what we think. Can I go a little deeper? Because most of us was reared up that on this day, they, these first questions going to be, why did you smoke, smoke them all birds? Oh, you're going to wish he was talking about Marlboros on that day. The last thing that's going to come up is the liquor and the marbles. But you know what's going to come up on that day? is our relationships with one another. How do you explain that? 
of your ex-wife and your ex-husband. That's what he's going to be looking for. And I imagine some of us need to questioning. I imagine to be, you think we have high tech there. When we get to that third heaven place, you're going to see some of this in this courtroom you ain't ever seen before. It's going to bring up stuff. You're going to be like, uh, uh. And some of us going to say, well, in 1986, I quit smoking. And Jesus going to be like, come on, man. Let's talk about the things that matter. The person at Walmart. The person you passed up going to praise and worship. See, these are the things that matter to him. And we ought to be thankful. Because we know many of us have failed there by even the conviction of not lifting a hand. And the sad part, B, is when God come get us and he's coming. How many believe he's coming? How many, how many believe we're closer than yesterday? Oh, he's coming. I promise you he's coming. Woo, he's coming. Lord, it's going to be a day. The Bible say he, he'll come in bringing those who have gone before. And there'll be a sound that we be echoed in the of a trumpet. Oh, what a day it'll be. And the Bible say, those who died in Christ will not proceed to jump before the others. But, but the Bible say, they go first. And big mama's body comes out of the earth and meets her spirit in the air. The big bang theory, that's where it really would come. What kind of day is that going to be? gives us a scripture say those who are alive will be caught up. That word caught up in the Greek means shackled. It gets deep right here. Why would God have to shackle us? Could it be that when it's time for us to leave, we didn't do our job with our family? We don't want to go. You know, it's a preacher like that. Your job is to tell everybody about a man named Jesus. Because everybody, I told everywhere I go, I'm in a lot of places. I was telling them about when I was in Columbia, I'm there, and, and I give the Uber people a blue. I give them the blue. If you're going to pick me up, you're going to hear about it. If I got to pay for a ride, you're going to hear about Jesus. And this little, little white girl, pretty girl, orange, half of her was orange, the other was red, earrings and nose. I'm like, I want to say, pretty as you are, why are you doing this to yourself? But I, I didn't go there. Tell you, name, that's tradition. That's tradition. I didn't go there. But I looked at her, I said, do you have a church home? She said, church? What's that? On the other side over by Canada, I'm like, here's Columbia. I'm saying, church, Jesus, God. Oh, my grandmama years ago took me to a place like that. 
before I got out of that car, this woman looked me in my eyes and she said, Sir, before you leave, I want to tell you something. Yes, I'll be in a church. I just didn't tell her to go to a church. I told her to go to a church that preaches the gospel. She said, I'm going to find a church that preaches the gospel. She said, I see you. I said, I see you again too. If not on this side, the other side. Why? Because, listen, it's all about our compassion for one another. We got two, uh, three quick notes, and then I'm going to let you go. In God's book, this is how God thinks. God wants you to be able to understand that whatever is yours is God's. And whatever God's belongs to my neighbor. Because my neighbor belongs to the Lord. The good Samaritan is not trying to keep the rules. He isn't even trying to do his duty. But he's doing what is instinctive and natural of what believers do. See, we don't live every day. We don't live sin conscious. We live God conscious. It's a difference. When you live God conscious, you just innately walk like God. And what do God do? God is love. Where love is, sin can't exist. Why do divorces happen? Because somewhere love, you let love fail. Did you not know that love covers a multitude of sin? Any of us know what that means? That means even those that we love when they fall short, we're not running out in the public telling them about it all. Why? Because we love them. What do we do? We even try to protect them, don't we? That's what love do. But somewhere along the way, men in the church forgot about that. Love, love is something many of us won't know total totality of it until we get to heaven. But it's more powerful than dynamite. It's stronger than anything the enemy can bring. Love conquers all. And this love that I tell talking to you about is not innate in you. I told the last group, if a man walked in here, anybody got babies in here? Anybody got a child? I'll use these two ladies. They, they have one. And a man broke in here to, to this door. I saw you, security man. Looked like you, you the bad boy, too. But I got a tough one over there, too. He, he better be good. But if he did break in, and if he broke in here, and they both had their daughters, and the man said, I'm going to kill one of these girls. Y'all decide which one. Y'all, now, I know first lady off the chain. I know she ought to say, we love them. We love, we love them. They are a good friend. But if you think she's going to say, well, just take, take my baby. And you know what? You wouldn't either. Would you? But you know what? God did. God did. He went through the same thing. It was you or his baby. 
bankrupt ever. That you win. And that same love is what he expects from us. See, the scripture teaches us, it says, the greatest love of all is there's a man who lay his life down for his friend. He's talking to his disciple, who is his wife. That's a whole nother message. But he's talking to his disciples, who is his wife. He said, listen, and y'all do the same. Believers in this church, we have to be so in love with each other that we're willing to die for one another. No matter what color the skin is, you may not even like them very much. You know, see, now, now, now do understand this. I hear all the time. Well, I love you, but I just don't like you. And what if Jesus took that on? Let's be honest. He get ready to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the cross. I was going to go to the cross. I love you, but my problem is I really don't like you. So I was gonna... But he didn't. Y'all, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. Because love brings responsibility. Love, see, Love won't let you sit there and not do anything. And and, and this is what, the world don't know what I'm talking about right now. The reason Washington is sick, all kind of hell broke loose, is because of us. We wasn't the salt. See, we just can't start being the salt. We should have been salt 40 years ago. Can I open one more window before I close? Look to your neighbor and say, open the window, son. In 1959, David to Beaver had a lost scene that they never played. So they were digging through the archives, and they pulled this video, this scene, and they started reading the notes. So they said, let's see what it is. So it showed, they, uh, Beaver was in the bathroom, maybe she, and, and then the camera took the picture of the base of a commode, the base. You know, the camera sits on that wax. And the guys was arguing on this thing that said, the man said, well, nobody's going to know that's the base because it's such a small shot of it. He said, and the editor said, I know it's a a base. The world ain't ready for this. How far have we come since 1959? Not only do they show the base of the commode, they show the they show the whole process. And y'all, but why were those people like that back then? Back then, y'all, there were some staunch believers that would hold in they they was holding the rope. They said, we don't care what this rotten world is doing. It's wrong, and we're not gonna back it. They were being the salt. But over the years, we've lost our savior. Why did we lose it? Because we lost our way. We got caught up in all the other stuff. And here we are today. In what we call pre-tribulation days. He's coming. You believe me, he's coming. The Bible says two will be in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. They'll be working in plants. Two will be working. One will be taken. And want to be. He's coming. And I'll say it again. Drive. God has chosen you to be the church. Last story 
there once was a man that lived in a mansion. And in this mansion, he was a great dog trainer. He loved animals. And he told his servants, he said, servants, I need you to go in all the land and find me the worst dog you can find. Well, master, you normally deal with ter- uh, uh, great pedigree. He said, find me the worst dog you can find. And those servants say, let's get him. I'm sick of this man. Let's go find the worst dog we can find. They went through the worst slum. Oh, dog, no, he ain't bad enough, one servant said. And they kept on going. They said, look, let's go down, way down. And they find old dog way down on the other side of town. Had a limp, bad eye. All his hair gone off of his back. And his name was Pookie. They took Pookie back to the master's house. They brought him in. Because they thought they was doing something in service. They said, let's see what he's going to say. He looked at Pookie. The master said, I love you, Pookie. The master said, take him and give him a bath. They grabbed Pookie, the servants. They started dragging him outside of the door. He said, hold up. He takes a shower in the guest room. The servants say, we can't even do that. He say, do what I say. They take Pookie and wash him up, clean him up good. Pookie come back, boy, looking like new money. He say, feed old Pookie. They grab Pookie again, get ready to take him out to the doghouse in the back. They said, no, he sits at my table. Pookie eating, his stomach is tight. I mean, Pookie, boy, he's living high cotton now. They said, take him and get him some rest. They grabbed Pookie, the servants grabbed Pookie again, taking him out the door. He said, he sleeps in the guest room. They said, master, we can't even get in the guest room. Do what I tell you. Put Pookie in, put Pookie in there. About the middle of the night, about 12 o'clock, they heard a door, and the door closed. Boom. Master jumped up, ran, looked in the room, Pookie gone. Servants, that's what you get. Always trying to help people, trying to get people. They come to church a few days, and then they don't come back. You just, they deserve to be let loose. The master tears running down the master's face. Master go back to bed. About 5.30 in the morning, they hear him scratching at the door. Master jumps up, excited. He runs to the door. Lo and behold, when he opens the door, guess who it is? Pookie and 50 others that look just like him. That's, the, that's our testimony. We go back where God found us. And those people that we left behind, we tell them about a man named Jesus. A man who died. Had no sin. Pulled the gal out of his mouth. He was innocent. But he died that we may live. He had holes in his hands. And holes in his feet. They hung him high. No sin had he done. 
When they lifted him, he was naked. There was no clothes on his body. The worst humiliation that a man could take. His mother's out there. He said, take my mother. Don't let her see me like this. No man wants their mother to see him naked. He looks to the people. He said, Lord, why have thou forsaken me? All the sin from us is on his shoulders. And all he asks us to do, because of your love for him, to love each other. Come on and put those blessed hands together. God bless you. Hallelujah.